Welcome to week nine, All the Balls. I'm Justin Miller, back here again. We got Jake Platter, we got Connor Howe, live from Connor's basement, back again after being at my house last week, a change of scenery, but back here again, you guys, you ready for the weekend? Hell yeah, I'm already on weekend time. You got some good plans? It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait, Halloween. It's feeling a little spooky outside. (laughs) Might hit the casino. When's that coming, today? Sunday. Good luck. Thank you. I'm getting a little scared. I'm looking outside. It's snowing this morning. I'm not used to seeing snow so early. I really don't like it. Was it was like 70 degrees like a week ago. It was 70 degrees. I wake up this morning. I see white things falling from the sky. I'm like, that's what? Got a winter wonderland. Is that what you thought? Yeah, I thought that right when I woke up at about 7.30, 8 o'clock, whenever it was. That's pretty early. But um, welcome back here. Hopefully all of you will have a good weekend. Had a good week as well. We're back here for week nine. Unfortunately, I won't be here next week. I'll be making my way to Georgia to visit my grandparents. So Jake and Connor, they'll be here. I'm the new host. Jake will be the host. Maybe Connor will be the host. We'll see. I might co-host, you know. But let's start things off today with we get some World Series thoughts and reactions. As hopefully a lot of you know, the World Series just ended. The Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays 4-2 to two in six games. And of course, I got that prediction right, as always. No, got a little lucky. That last game was pretty interesting. But overall, the Dodgers were the favorites coming in. Basically, the favorites coming into the whole season. And they made the Rays look pretty silly in those last couple of games. Guys, reactions from the World Series? I think, uh, I think I'll point out the obvious one and say that uh, Kevin Cash... Uh, not that he's going to be on the hot seat, but, I mean, what a decision it was that I think cost them a game. I and mean, who knows what happens with Justin Turner testing positive in Game 6 if there would have been a Game yeah. 7. But still, you would like to see the Rays actually, you know, manage themselves and not shoot themselves in the foot to lose the World Series. And that's what Kevin Cash did when he took out Blake Snell, who had a second hit in the sixth inning. Unreal, up one nothing, and you know the rest is history. They scored two runs in that inning. Mookie hits a homer later on to seal it in a solo three one game six. I mean, you said talk about overmanaging. <coughs> it is it is overmanaging, and I get it, you know, because they've been doing that all year, and it's worked well for them. They got to the World Series, and they've been analytics. They want to be a step ahead of everyone, and it was the third time through the lineup. But there are sometimes you just you can't. You have to you have to let the players play, and they didn't. Cash didn't let Snell play. Snell was clearly on fire. If you if you were he watching great, the game, uh, what was like game two? He had a great game two, and he had a, he's striking out guys left and right. His command was incredible. Huge start, huge start, and he was um he's the only lefty I think to have nine Ks in a in a start in yeah, a World Series he, game or something. in a World Series game, and he did it in game two and six. Unreal, unreal arm, unlively, and it's just sad to see you take the ball out of a great player like that to take the ball out of his hands yeah for me the main point is here you're in the world series you got your best pitcher on the mound and kevin cash is a good manager one of the best managers in the game but just it comes down to just too much analytics kevin cash definitely over managing in the series over managing in the playoffs and you have your best pitcher on the mound you've only thrown what do you throw 76 to 78 pitches it's still what are you saving him for still early in the game you can't just take him out in a situation where he's pitching well the entire game and Snell is one of the best pitchers in the game. He already has one Cy Young on his plate. Yep. This is a guy that you need in game six. It's an elimination game. Yep. The Rays lose this game. They're out. You saw he came out of the game. Nick Anderson comes in, and just like that, they lose the lead, and they lose the game, and just like that, the season's over. So overall, yeah. that's just a situation that you can't have if you're Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's not even, you know, you're right. It's, it's an elimination game. But on top of that, you know, like I just said, what are you saving him for? Let him blow that arm out. He's, got, he's going to have months to rest it whether they win that game or not. It, he's not coming back for game seven after throwing 70 pitches versus no 100. So, so why not just let him ride it out? 
I know you don't want to get to the point where, you know, oh, I should have I should have taken him out earlier. He starts letting things up, but he wasn't doing that yet, you know? He's having a good game. There's yeah. no reason to save him. Yeah, keep him. Keep no reason to save him at all. I don't want to indict Snell, but he should have pulled the Musina and told him, no. told Cash to stay away. Yeah, to stay away. Go back. To stay yeah. away. I, I don't want to indict Snell for that because you can't ask a player to do that, but that's what, that's what I would have done in his situation. It takes like a Kershaw-level player to have that authority. It's just a crappy situation because to me, I want to see Tampa Bay win. I like seeing the underdogs win. They had a great chance. Who says they're going to be back here next year? you got the New York Yankees, who of course are going to be good. The Toronto Blue Jays are an up-and-coming team. Astros. The AL East, the Astros. The and AL is pretty stacked right now. The Red Sox never like to go away either, so it wouldn't be surprising if the Sox did a couple things this offseason and got themselves right mm-hmm. back in the hunt. They love, they love to be in the hunt, and they love, they love to have a season where they put it all together. They kind of feel like they come out of nowhere. So, yeah, I do feel like the Rays blew a huge opportunity here. And who says that they can come in first place and have the best record in the whole baseball in a 162-game stretch? I don't think they can with that lineup. Most certainly not. And the thing is, going in, most of us, you had the Dodgers, you had the Rays going into the series. I, had the I don't know. Connor had the Rays. But no, the I had the Dodgers, definitely. I had the Rays because of the pitching, and I, don't, I, don't, I think I was proven right, but I think Kevin Cash clearly overplayed it. It was a great pitching series. I, don't, I, I mean, I said, I said Snell and Glasnow can do it for you, and Snell, he did it. He was doing it for you. Hey, he didn't do it. And the thing to me, yeah, going, to the, going to the series, you look at the Dodgers lineup from top to bottom, the addition of Mookie Betts, got to talk about that real quick. The addition of Mookie Betts changed this team's complexion. I think Mookie Betts changed this team. You see him in the field. You see him at the plate. This guy's running the base paths like one of the best players you've ever seen. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer in this league, and he's already a two-time World Series champion. That's a huge point you just made, and I think you couldn't be more right. I think the, he brings a championship attitude with him. I think he brings mvp talent not that they didn't have mvp talent but they never completed the whole thing and mookie already has the attitude he had already won a ship in boston being the best player on the team and i think he was just free go lucky and the players saw that as well and they were just like you know what we need to play more like that and this this guy's already won so he's he's not feeling any pressure exactly. he's just going about he's just having fun why don't we just have fun and it worked out great for them yeah looking back at it the if you're the red sox you're going to sleep at night and you're really not going to sleep and now you're thinking about Mookie Betts in your dreams every night because you lost a golden opportunity to have a guy in your system for the next 10 plus years a player that's elite guys don't come across like this too often no people are already comparing him to Mike Trout he could be one of the best players in the game Mookie Betts is the best player in the game right now in my opinion I think he's wow. very close to Mike wow. Trout in my opinion I think he's top two top three without a doubt as far as as far as hitters go because I don't think hitters and pitchers are comparable yeah, you can, i think you just have to put them in two different categories and the thing is you just lost a golden opportunity for you the red sox to have a guy like that in your system basically for the rest of his career yeah i think i think that's huge but overall it was a good world series i know it, it's terrible these play, these baseball players getting a ton of money these days but the dodgers they added one of the best players in the game to a lineup that already features cody bellinger justin turner Corey Seager. these guys are gonna be good for a long time and their pitching staff, Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler, they looked really good in the series as well. They gave Betts the bag. They gave him the 10-year 300-plus, but I think, it was, I think it was well worth it. They already won a chip, considering that we, the Yankees did the same thing with Cole, and we're sitting here in the same position we were last year. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. Those are some quick thoughts in the World Series. Congratulations to the Dodgers. That makes two L.A. teams now, the Lakers and the Dodgers, winning in the past month. LeBron James and Mookie Betts were actually tweeting back and forth saying this isn't going to be the end of things. They want to be back here next year. The Dodgers are going to be back here next year. The Lakers will be back here next year. We know that. They're going to be good. Moving on to basketball, speaking of the Lakers, most of you watched our show last week. We had an honor to have Sean Grandy on the show last week, the voice of the Celtics. And overall, guys, it was great to get him on the show, but some reaction from last week, it was still unbelievable to this day that we got him on the show. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was really cool. 
it's like every Celtics fan dream to, you know, talk to somebody so close to the team. They they have insights that, you know, we we speculate they have, but he, you know, he got, gave some real opinions on things that we just dream about. Um, and it was, it was really cool. He had, he had so many wise words, not just from spending time around the team, but from spending time, so much time, you know, observing the team he he's just you know he's seen it all as far as you know when you're up when you're down what moves to make at the right times and he i think he really just he had a very calm perspective on on the celtics you know a lot of us are you know like we're so close to that let's let's make a move to get to the to the next level but i think the the biggest thing he said was you know you gotta you gotta remember the celtics essentially came in third this year Mm. They, you know, they, they were the closest to making the finals without, without making it. Mm. Um, there's a lot of backwards moves they could make and not too many that'll move them forward. And, and, you know, you don't know what kind of risk you're going to take moving forward. Um, so he definitely, I think his overall message was patience. Right. Um, unless, unless the right move is there. And I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily up to the Celtics when that move is going to be there. So, so just be patient from wise words from Sean Grandy. I think it was great to have him on. He was an excellent first speak, first guest speaker to have on this show. And, Unreal. And um, one of the things I took that was pretty interesting, I know it was very light. We don't like to talk about the Knicks, but Sean Grandy was a Knicks fan. Born yeah, in right. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I know he was born down there, but I didn't realize he was actually a Knicks fan before all this. Sound like, stuff sounds happened. like he grew out of it. And you know what? Probably the best to him. And I wish him best. And I don't know. I think the Celtics are his favorite team now. But they better be. Who, who they I, be. Who, they who might I, not be. Where it would be. I, d- I definitely agree it's not the Knicks. But also the fact that, you know, basketball was not his number one sport. That was a kind of huge eye-opener for me, kind of, even though. Fourth favorite. Fourth favorite. Un- unreal. And say didn't really have a top three, but knew hockey was in there somewhere. Just just a great conversation. Awesome to get to know him on a personal level. And awesome for him to have such great insight with us and it was really a pleasure did you like when he said uh lebron should have gone to the knicks you know it, it i think you can hear it in there i i, I you it, cried a little it just made me sad it, yeah. ju- it just made me sad it's because you know you hear that smoke i've been hearing that smoke for like two or three years now but to hear it from his mouth it almost feels like like he's right. there was real he's right there was real traction there like it was it could actually happen if the pieces were there but obviously the pieces aren't there because we're talking about the New York Knicks owned by James Dolan. So he's his his point is right though. There there's a special place for whatever player goes to the Knicks and brings them back from this disgustingly long and dreadful funk. And I don't think it's gonna end in a little a while either. Probably I, not, but I but agree, but what kind of LeBron could have done that. I agree, but what kind of player is it gonna take? To take on the challenge, Kyrie yeah. Irving and Kevin Durant. Yeah, we'll they, be talking about that in a second. To. They weren't even willing to. They You're were... not going to get a much better chance than those two guys. Well, we're going to have to wait five to ten years, maybe, because because we need someone with that kind of talent and that kind of drive to be like, you know what, I want the challenge. You know, you know, it doesn't need to take that long to rebuild. It, even if you do it purely from drafting, it doesn't need to take that long. It took the Warriors five to seven years. Okay, and the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs in eight, right? Or seven. Yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah like eight or nine. Mello was well, Connor, we'll be hearing from you in a second who you want the Knicks to draft, so that will be a little interesting. Yes. But going back to the Grandy stuff real quick, the thing that stuck out to me, he was saying how he wanted more of like a veteran presence on the Celtics, not a guy 
We'll be talking about the draft in a second here, but we asked him about guys if he liked in the draft, and it didn't really seem like he liked. I mean, he probably liked some, but he wants it's, a guy it's a crap on the, shoot. more of like maybe like Andre Iguodala, a veteran presence. I don't know if how good Iguodala is going to be on the Celtics team right now, but the thing is, it seems like he wants a veteran on this team. Keep the core together. We'll see what happens to Hayward, but obviously you got to keep Brown, you got to keep Tatum, but bring words, back Aaron Baines. That wouldn't be a bad idea, depending on what happens with Tice, Robert Williams, Cantor, and all these guys. But overall, it seems like he wants them to stick the team together, keep the same core basically for next season. Obviously, they'll lose guys like Wanamaker and Ojale to free agency. That's what it sounds like right now. But I think he wants them to keep it together right now, add a veteran presence. But besides from that, Sean had a lot of interesting things that he said last week. And who was it, Connor, that you mentioned Daniel Tice? Yes. Got a little angry about that. It seemed like at first. <laughs> he was. He, he had some... Great Tice is nice. Great things to say about Tyson. Tyson's a good player, but it's, I mean, I just feel like he's not one of those centers. He may or may not have compared Tice to Anthony Davis. He might have said that. I can't remember. I think he, he said something about Anthony Davis, but I don't remember if it was related to Tice. I think it was. <laughs> I, I, I think he compared Tice to um, Adebayo first. Speaking of Adebayo, yeah. another interesting thing he said. The th- yeah, he said that in the series. The MVP of the series was... I was thinking about it. He said it was Bam Adebayo, and it probably was. I How mean, about Tyler it, Hero? Or Jimmy Butler. How about Tyler Hero? He had 37 in one of those games. Well, what happened after that game? He kind of dwindled down a little bit. Yeah, but that was like game four. Bam was there every time. If you think I, about I the key plays in the series, it could have been Bam. Even the, the game he wasn't playing, obviously, he came back. Obviously, one of the key plays of the series got his finger up, kind of a Kawhi. That was game block. one, right? Yeah, that start, was it game one or two? I think that, that was, was one. Two. Yeah. That was I know, two. I think that was... I thought that was game one. That sparked, like, the whole series. From there, it was like, oh, the Celtics can do this to, like, oh, boy, we're in trouble. That's why I thought it was game two, though, because it was – because game two was a back and forth. Celtics could have had it big time, and that was that was a huge Ugh. fourth quarter. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no, but overall, I thought it was interesting that he said that he was the MVP of the series because if you think about it, that probably was the key play of the series right there. Oh, yeah. Or oh, the Jimmy Butler, that, that stupid three shot pointer. by Jimmy Butler. Oh, my God, that three-pointer. Big time. But no, overall, it was nice to have Sean on the show. Hopefully, we'll have some more people in the future. We're not going to have a different guest every week. But um, next week, they, they will be back here, hopefully, with someone maybe like Chandler. You said we'll have another Estonian maybe on the show to kick things off next week. But going into the draft, the draft's coming up. The Celtics and Knicks, thank you, Kenny Platter, for saying we're looking good today. I'm sure you're looking good down in Easton as well, Kenny. We'll see you soon. <laughs> but um, talking about the draft, Kenny, you know any guys you want the Celtics to draft? Just let us know in the comments. We'd appreciate it. He doesn't. All right, sorry. <laughs> but um, going into the draft, we get the Celtics, we get the Knicks. Unfortunately for Connor, you guys can probably draft whoever you want at this point. But you have any guys in your mind that you want to see the next draft coming up into this draft? I got a, I got a couple, actually. Um, so we're picking eighth. Is everyone, I mean, should know. Horrible, but that's the Knicks. We're the picking Knicks eighth. got screwed. There's a couple guys I'm looking at. Dude, what is wrong with you guys? I, I don't what know. Is, what's, why'd you do that? Why'd you lose the lottery? Why did they screw us in why'd the lottery? Why'd you lose the lottery? I don't know, man. Isaac Okoro is a good guard slash forward. He's 6'6", six, six, kind of out Auburn. Auburn. He's a freshman. He looks like he's a pretty good player. He looks like he could be there at 8, and I think he could play. Um, I think he could play a small forward to kind of roll. You know who he reminds me of, actually? Jeremy Grant on the Nuggets. Jeremy Grant? That's pretty good. That's, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, also, who could be there, might not be there. Obi Topman out of Dayton, sophomore, six. Foot, I bet he'll be there. Six foot nine. Plays, I bet he'll be there, and they won't take him. Plays the three or four. I think he'd be great for the Knicks. I think, 
I think if you get Toppin, then you have to really consider, no, you have to move Julius Randle, and you have to... They get, won't. That'd be insane. I know, because you probably get Toppin off the bench, but you can't... You, they're going to let Obi pass on the eighth pick, and they're going to keep Randle. If you're the Knicks, whoever your first round... bad. If you're whoever your first round pick is, he has to he has to start for you. He has to play 30 minutes next to RJ Barrett. you got to get his jersey hanging on the rafters. Whatever that point. is. Whoa, it's next to Kevin Knox. No, Kevin Knox is on his way out the door at this point. <gasps> So I'd take him. Okay, fine. All right. Devin Second ba- round pick. Devin Vassell. Fine. Yes. Devin Vassell. Very good pick, Connor. I like Devin Vassell. He'd be a good fit on the next. Six seven guard out of Florida no State. I like him a lot. I think I think he could play next to RJ Barrett. He's six seven. I didn't realize he was that big. He's six seven? Yeah. He's a six seven guard though, so he probably can't play the forward position well. They're saying he's going to gonna, probably gonna go top ten right now too, Devin Vassell. I think Justin with the oxymoron, good fit on the Knicks. I think that hey, we'll see what I happens. think that could work. Um I'm also looking at two point guards for the Knicks, considering they haven't had a good point guard play in years. Mithilkina. Uh Well, this guy is from France as well. He's 19. He's 6'5". His name is Killian Hayes, and he's actually played with Neil Aquina. And he actually yeah, they played lo- together. He loves playing with Neil Aquina. He actually That's said good. he learned a lot from Neil Aquina about the draft process, about becoming a great NBA player. I think he could learn a lot from Neil Aquina. If he's a lot like him, then I, I would welcome that because Nikhil is one of the best defensive guards in this league. And Cole Anthony, Whoa. he is. Cole Anthony out of North Carolina, six foot three guard. He had a very shaky freshman year, but I like his potential. And we need point guard playing. We need guards who can score. And the thing is, many people like Cole Anthony coming out saying he could have been a top five pick at first. But the thing is, you look at that North Carolina team next year, last year, and that team absolutely stunk. That was the worst team that so Roy bad. Williams has had in a long time. It was so bad. So I think Cole Anthony is a good guy. That good thing there wasn't a tournament. Yeah, I know. They, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have made it. They would not have made it. Yeah, they wouldn't have been in. They were under 500, actually, last year in North That's Carolina. That's insane. They were really bad. They, That's crazy. I think they beat Duke once, though. So. Yeah, they beat Duke, and then after that, the sky, like, fell down, basically. Yeah. Wow. But those are some good guys. We'll see who the Knicks can draft. They got two first-rounders, but I'll get into the 27th pick after you guys tell me who the Celtics are getting. Precious Achua. <laughs> oh? Pre- Precious Achua, yeah, from yeah. Memphis. Yeah, we need, we need a big who can play a little wing. Defend, Kenny's probably watching this. Who the heck is that guy? Defend some positions. This guy, I mean, Danny Ainge likes drafting wing players. And I think this guy fits the mold of a Celtics player, hard worker. Um, good size, good length. Um, <laughs> Precious, yeah. Yeah, and you know. Good first name. Yeah, great first name. I wasn't expecting that name to come out of your mouth. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> I think if he's there at 14, the Celtics got to pull the trigger on that guy because he, he could be pretty good. If he develops, uh, you know, the offensive game, be very nice. I like what you're thinking here. And the Celtics, listen, they get the 14th pick. This is one of the best teams in the NBA. The Celtics, you look at the team. Do they need another wing player? I think the answer is no. You get Jalen Brown. Come on. They, you you got Jason Tatum. You can have a ton of wings. You can also get them at Buffalo Wild Wings if you want to. You can't have enough nice. wing players. Nice. You got, you got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, you got Gordon Hayward. You look at the roster. Daniel Tice is a big. Is he good? Yeah. Is he great? No way. You got Robert Williams, hey, you, you got Ennis Cantor. draft a better guy. But I think who you draft should be a big. And that's why I like Jalen Stick Smith out of Maryland. <laughs> Jalen Smith is his name. He's good. His nickname is Sticks. You watch him at Maryland, and this guy was flat out brilliant. Jalen Smith is a guy that's going to be a good player in the NBA is for he years. To, he's, he's fun-sized. You look at, How tall is he? He's 6'9", 6'10". What's the point? Oh, look at this. I don't want him. Are you looking up Jalen Stick-Smith right he now? He wears goggles. I'm telling you, Jalen Stick-Smith is going to be a player that the Celtics will miss if they don't draft him. It's not going to be a Tyler Hero type of guy that you say, oh, we could have drafted him before. But Jalen Smith's a guy Give that... Give me an NBA comparison. 
to Jalen Stick Smith right now. Yeah. To me, he looks like Glenn Big Baby Davis. He looks like him a little bit. But to me, you know what? I think about Jalen Stick Smith. I think he can be consistent like a Brandon Bass, but a better player than a Brandon Bass. I'm yeah, I'm not coming out of the draft happy. I got Brandon. I'm not Bass. saying I'm not saying he's gonna be a Brandon Bass. I'm saying he can be consistent like a Brandon Bass. But this What's is a his gu- skill set like 15, 10, better than Brandon Bass. Fifteen and ten, two and a half blocks, thirty seven percent from. Three. Have you heard of Jalen Stick Smith before? Because you now Very you know good. who he is. When you're I, watching the draft, Jalen Stick Smith. I was watching him at Maryland. I was standing in front of my TV some of the day. I was like, I I is love it a this reach guy. At fourteen to get him. Probably a little bit because people don't think he's going to be this good. But Jalen Stick-Smith is a guy that I like on the draft board. Will the Celtics draft him at 14? He could follow their next pick. But another guy that I like is Vernon Carey Jr. out of Duke. This, he won't follow your next pick. He's not going to follow to my next pick. But if you see him at 14, he's another guy that coming into this draft, many people had him in the top five. You know Vernon Carey? Because no, now you do. Duke? Vernon Carey is a guy out of Duke that many he's people— good. He's good. He could have been Duke's best play? player. He power forward slash center. He played he's both. Six, at Duke. He's six eight. Six. He's not. A, he's not a center in the NBA. He, pl- he played center at Duke because they went small ball and their power right. forward. Was yeah, like well, we're not the Houston Rockets. He's a big so. guy though. He's he's huge. He's not a set. He's not a. Center he's not a center, but he's not like a stretch four. He's a big guy. Can but he shoot? I, he can shoot, but his three pointer was not good last year. It was not good. You're gonna, you're gonna have to develop it. Jalen Jalen Stick Smith is a guy that can shoot the three. Brad likes Brad likes to have bigs that can stretch the floor. Yeah. So I don't know how a, a traditional big will work with the Celtics. If the Celtics he, draft look at Jaylen, Aaron Baines, that dude's popping. If the Celtics draft Jalen Sticksmith, I'll have a party at my house. Br- Bridget, Jamie, you guys will be included. Oh yeah, by the way, we got two people watching the show: Jake's girlfriend, my girlfriend. Thanks for coming. We really appreciate it. Even though they're getting some homework done, whatever they're doing over there. She's, <laughs> she's playing Candy Crush. Bridget's playing some Candy Crush. Sounds good. But no, Jalen Sticksmith is a guy that I want the Celtics to draft. Vernon Carey Jr. is a guy that I want the Celtics to draft. And Connor, if I'm you, I'm looking at these two guys, and I want the Knicks to draft them as well. Where? Well, I don't know. Somewhere. We Trade. can't get Carey because we got Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, you're not going to draft them in the top five. We need five, wing 10. players and guards, honestly. We can get a center, but those are what we need. The Celtics and the Knicks are drafting two completely different sets of players, not just because of need, but because of where their picks are. There's, there's almost zero. Yeah, unless someone that. is stupid and misses five, ten picks down the line and I the mean, Celtics can get, draft yeah, Obi at 14 or something stupid. That would be that's sick. Never gonna happen. As crazy that'd be as that's, sick. <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, the Celtics are only six picks away from the Knicks. Yeah, but that's yeah, like a very yeah. important six picks. You're rounding off the top ten. That's where guys Still fall. At the same time guys talk, fall to like 13, 14. You're talking about a top yeah. three team in the league versus a team that is disproportionately awful year in and year out. Yeah, but and they're only six picks away. Yeah, but their disgusting like wave of trash doesn't flow <laughs> to like the teams next to them picking. Like if the Knicks screw up, 9, 10, 11, 12 are going to get those guys. I don't think you can screw up huge at eight unless Lamelo sure Ball's you there. You know what? You know who Jalen Stick Smith could be like in his prime? Who? Like a very good Paul Millsap. Yeah. Like when Paul Millsap was with, when he was with Atlanta. Very good. Paul Millsap was an all-star. How yeah. much better could he be? Paul Millsap's not like playing good Like just a longer now. prime of Paul Millsap? He yeah. has a better three-point shot than Paul Millsap. Yeah. I think he can be a guy that that's, is comparable that's to Paul Millsap. I think that's a good I would comparison. love to get Paul Millsap. You went, you went from Brandon Bass to Paul Millsap. So I'll take, I said he can be consistent like Brandon Bass. I think that's good. Well, but in college, Paul Millsap was like a three-time rebound champion. Like is, This guy's not that. He's a rebounder, but he's not going to be a great rebounder in the NBA if you have Daniel Tice standing next to you. But depending, Daniel Tice is a trash rebounder. He is. That's Jason why, Tatum averaged like 10. That's why they got Ennis Cantor. Yes. Ugh. Any, any more guys that you see the Knicks getting towards the end of the draft? Yeah, they have a pick at 27. I want to talk about that quickly. RJ Hampton could be there. Yeah, he's very a good, good player. He's a good guard that went to the Australian League. Um, 
And then Nico Mannion out of Arizona. Nico Mannion's a guy that just didn't pan out last season, but he's, he's a very good player. down the board. I like him a lot. I What's he projected right now? Let's take a look. I, I think he was like somewhere in like late teens. I know uh, CBS has him pretty low right now. Like Tyrese Maxey going over him. Like it's, it's just insane. Like I don't think – I don't, really don't think he's that bad. I think he's, very, I think he's a very good – 23 player. to the Jazz. Wow. See, and NBC Sports has him going 28 to the Lakers. Like he, he's everywhere right he's now. A pl- Whoa, thing he's a point. This is the guy, Nico Mannion. Yes, you want that. He looks like Platter. You want that bit. Chase Budinger looking he's, dude? He's really good. Oh, I God. I watched him play in high school, and I watched his freshman year at Arizona. He's a really good player. And Sean Dunk? Miller coached him well. Yes, he, he had some Dunk. turnover problems in college, but this guy could really pan out if if they draft him and train him. Very, he's a really good if, passer. If it's a guy that could pan out. It's, I think it's more like uh, if he gets drafted to the Lakers, he pans out. If he gets drafted to the Knicks, he fails. Yeah, I also, then you never know. Yeah. You never know. I think I think he would be huge for the Knicks to get. Also, some other not guard. Well, Cassius Winston, another guard the Knicks should get. He's also he's a senior, though. You, he's a you, little bit. You got to love down. Cassius. He's a good player. Jaden McDaniels, huge player the Knicks should get at 27. If he's there, you have to you have to snag him. How come these- They were comparing him to Michael Porter, actually, the other day. Really? How come these like seniors that are were tremendous in college just just don't ascend when they get to the NBA? It's a whole different level. It's a whole different level. And they played four years in college, and there's a reason they played four years in college. I mean, the thing is, you're I watching guess, some of these I guys mean. in the tournament. Like, for example, what's his name? Carson Edwards on the Celtics was a star at Purdue in the tournament. Then all of a sudden, last year, like, what Trash. the heck happened to this guy? Well, I'm, seen time. It, I mean, reality hit him in the face. He's he's a five ten. Yeah. Bulky dude. Cassius Winston, 6'1". He's not huge. And yeah. He's, he's a little bit frail, I would too. I would take him over Carson Edwards any day of the week. I would, too, but they're not in the same draft. And I would take Nico Mania before I take Carson... I mean, not sure. Carson Edwards. Cassius How Winston. How old's this kid? He's a freshman. Oh, take the freshman every time. I'm taking Those are some good players. I wouldn't be surprised if you hit on one of those those picks. But we'll be talking about I'll the like draft more in weeks, too, as well. We're going to have our own mock drafts. And what was the draft? November the 23rd or something like that. So in a couple weeks. I didn't know this November day, the 23rd. Yeah, it's pretty early now. Wow. Around Thanksgiving wait. time, we'll be doing a mock draft. But Jake, do you have any other guys you want the Celtics to see? Or are you all set for Lamello now? Mellow Ball. Yeah, right. A couple more names we have before we get, begin into some November more football 18th. talk. It's November 18th? Actually, in, in reality, I would like the Celtics to, to trade up and get a one high draft pick versus having three first round picks. I mean, yeah, because so far, Danny, he hasn't been the best drafter in recent drafts. No. Except when he drafts high. Brown was a great pick. Tatum was a great pick. And I don't think either of them were, were certain to go at that spot. Yeah, they weren't. I think Jalen Brown was actually criticized a lot for going third. I think a lot of people wanted to see Jamal Murray go or Buddy Heald or um, yeah. uh, Kendrick Nunn. No, not Kendrick Nunn. Um, uh, the other Nunn. No, there's another Nunn? Yeah. Chris, I've seen a lot Chris, of Nunns in my Chris life. Chris Dunn. Oh, Chris Dunn. Chris oh, Dunn. yes. Sorry. Chris <laughs> Dunn. Um, <clears throat> I remember that. I don't really yeah. see Nunn's. But, t- but yeah. Tatum was supposed to be a top so, three pick. I agree with Brown. He was. A lot of people thought the Celtics should have taken Josh Jackson. And and I think oh. I don't think Danny Ainge considered him for a second. And and he, he went as far as saying he would have taken Tatum first. And, I, and that's another thing people weren't expecting to happen. So... I think with, when he gets the high pick, he knows what he's doing. Maybe you trade. What do you? What can you? What pick can you get out of fourteen? What do they have? Uh, fourteen or twenty six? Twenty six and thirty. Yeah, like what, what are you going to get out of it? Ninth? Would you? Would you take that? It honestly depends. Actually, what pick does Atlanta building. have? What do they have? Six, six or seven? Yeah, six. six. Well, I, maybe you trade a, a young guy with those picks, and you can move up to six. I don't know. The Atlanta, thing is, Atlanta said they want to trade the pick to make a playoff push. Yeah, that's what okay. they say. And I think they can make a playoff push. But the thing is, for me, is I think it comes down to who's there at the moment. If there's not a guy that you like, why trade down, obviously? 
because the top has stars. But the thing for me is the Celtics, we got three picks in the first round. Two other names to throw out there. Actually, three other names to throw out there real quick before we get into some football talk in the NFL trade deadline, which is coming up on November 3rd. I got Tyrese Maxey as a guy that I could see the Celtics drafting towards the end of the draft. This guy was a freshman last year at Kentucky. Still got some developing to do. They say his defense isn't top par yet. But this is a guy that the Celtics could turn into a very good defensive player and have as a guy off the bench that really the Celtics needed in these last couple of um, playoff games. But besides from him, you get Tyrese Max, who can be a very good NBA player. Also, Jordan Wara's draft stock has fell down tremendously. This is a guy that was the best player at Louisville for the past couple of years. He had lots of experience under Patino last year. Patino wasn't there, but he had some good experience as well under the coach. I can't think of his name right now that they had last year. But Jordan War is a guy that played in the ACC against Duke, against North Carolina, against NC State, got lots of experience. And this is a guy that could come into the Celtics right away and provide them with some much-needed scoring. And also one more name I have out there. This guy's a little on the smaller side, and I have some worries that this is a guy that was very good in college that's not going to be as good in the NBA. But Peyton Pritchard's a guy in Oregon that Ooh, I was very happy. I don't know. You know Peyton Pritchard? I do. He's a big shot maker. Peyton Pritchard is a guy that is a clutch shot maker. He's a guy right now on the latest draft board. They had him falling all the way towards the end of the draft. Two yeah, points. and I mean, you and you want to take a risk on a guy like that because you know he can make big shots. 45 right now. Yes, yeah, so I, I mean, sure, at that point in the draft, why not take him? Like, if it's him or, like, some other random dude that, like, is, is not going to be as well-known, sure. Um, take the chance on that guy. I don't know if we need another guard. Another Pritchard? Yeah. I mean, do we need more guards? Maybe, like, we can, we'll fill him in. He's, he's gonna play a lot of G League. He'll be like Tremont Waters was for us. Yeah. Um, but why, yeah, I mean, he could turn into something good, I guess. It, it, crazier things have happened. I'd take a guy who can make some big shots. I'd take a risk on someone like him at the end of the, with sure, your third pick. Sure, And you're not, I don't think you're missing out by taking a different guy instead. But so far, those are some good guys. Connor, Jake, Justin, we'll all see if we can nail some of these picks down in the future, but we'll be bringing you an episode of the NBA mock draft coming up in a couple weeks. Connor, you said it was the 18th, so that's pretty early. But don't forget, before we get into this NFL stuff, the trade deadline is coming up. Don't forget that this show is sponsored by Service with a Smile, 617-620-0207. Call Victor Miller if you need a ride. Don't forget CVS, Walgreens, Barrels and Boards. You want to go to Barrett's, you want to go to Wendy's, get a quick four for four. He'll bring you anywhere. Victor Miller, Service with a smile. Jake and Connor, you guys having fun so far? I'm having, I'm a, having a blast, man. All right. Still snowing outside, it looks like right I now. I actually got a ride here from Service with a smile today. Oh, you did? How was it? Very nice. He was good conversation. Get you cold water? Cold water, warm seat. I heard he had some, what did he have, some Ritz crackers in the back as well? They were there. <laughs> did you eat them? No. No, they're for the next uh, rider. Great snack, I must say. Oh, especially with cheese on top, American cheese. One of my favorite snacks. <laughs> All time. All time stuff. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the trade deadline before I start getting hungry here. <laughs> we got some NFL trade deadline coming up November 3rd. Connor's a Jets fan still. Can't believe it. They still haven't won yet. Still they're not going to win this year. I already said it. Just end the season. I shouldn't be making fun of the Jets right now because our Patriots are flat out putrid. Hey, they're going to finish with more wins than the Jets. That's yeah, fine. We're going to have the number one they don't pick. Need, the Patriots don't need to win again to finish a more season than the Jets. No. We're, we're going to have a number one pick. But speaking of the Jets, are they going to do anything at this upcoming trade deadline, or are they just going to not do anything at all? I think it's so. I think they should trade Avery Williamson. He's a good, the linebacker they got from Tennessee, right? Right. They could definitely sell. He's a good player. And How about um, Jamison Crowder? I, I, you know, I think they should trade Crowder, too. I he's, think, he's worth something right I think now. He's, a, hot, he's I think, hot AF. I think anyone that has value, you dump him <laughs> right now unless they're on the younger side. I think you wait on Sam till the end of the year. You have to. 
I think you dump you dump Williamson for like a fourth round, fifth round pick. Crowder, fourth round, fifth round pick. Who's the other linebacker? Good luck. There's another linebacker on the Jets that's been doing good. Navelle Hewitt, is that his name? Hewitt's good. He's been pretty good on the Jets from North Carolina, I think it is, but he's been pretty good. I don't know if they trade him. He's on the younger side too, so but for whatever reason, the NFL has just set a set a standard for for trading really bad draft picks for guys with high talent level. I remember my, the one that sticks out in my mind every time is when the Jets traded for Brandon Marshall, and it only cost them a fifth round pick. And I'm thinking, like, why would it? Why would any team not trade their fifth round? Tell you for, like a bad dream for or Brandon something. Marshall. It whatever reason, yeah, like, thousand yards that season. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're getting a fourth or a fifth round pick out of Crowder. Just be, like in my head, it's like, yeah, are you going to draft Jameson Crowder in the fourth round? Probably not. But I wouldn't trade my fourth round pick for it. So it's just something. Something weird with the way the NFL works. Like maybe you get a fifth round out of him. More likely you get salary cap relief and like yeah, a, that's and pretty like much a it. Sixth round pick. So like, I don't. It, the Jets are a good team to sell because they're not playing for anything. But a lot of other teams may not do it just because of the value you get in return. Do you have any guys that you can see the Patriots getting at the trade deadline, trading at the trade deadline? As of right now, Stephon Gilmore's house is up for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he gets traded though. It's a big contract, so that's kind of tough to move. What are you gonna get out of him if you do? You can't... maybe a third round pick. I would. And I'd like, want I'm more. not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's like, why right. wouldn't you keep a, the defensive, the reigning defensive player of the year? And the so, thing is, it's not like you don't have any good players in your secondary. You get J.C. Jackson, right. Jonathan Jones. Yeah, our team isn't that bad. I think we're a few players away. That maybe they, they might be key players, but we're still a few players away from being good again. So I don't know if you're selling off all the talent we have on our roster. Um, I do think they could try and trade for someone to try and spark things, uh, depending on the next couple weeks and what our record ends up being. A lot depends on this weekend, too, because what is it? No, when's November 3rd? That's on Tuesday, right? Yeah. If the Patriots lose and go to 2-5, and five, the thing is, is it worth it? Then you start That's thinking right. down that line. But, but if I, they beat the Bills, then you're right in it, and then you have the Jets next week. I do have a couple names I think the Patriots should try and target, both on offense, obviously, because that's where our real troubles is. Our defense isn't doing that great, but our offense is where trouble lies. The first one's Evan Ingram. Um, be good. I think there's a few tight ends the, the Patriots should go for because they're really lacking, and pretty much anyone would be an upgrade yeah, right the now. the tight ends are terrible. Right? Um, but Evan Ingram is a guy I think the Giants could be in sell mode. Um, they already lost Barkley this year, and I think Ingram is a guy that probably is asking for more money than he's worth um, and is, is one of the more talented players on their roster. They could probably get a – like that's a guy like a fifth-round pick for. Right. Sure, I'll, I'll trade a fifth-round pick for Evan Ingram. Um, take a chance on him. Him and Cam maybe have some chemistry. Who knows? Um, another guy would be Marvin Jones. Yes, I have him right here, actually. Marvin Jones. I think he may be the most talented receiver in the NFL that is getting, like, zero work. Yeah, because Kenny Galladay, he targets, what, 10 Kenny to 12 Galladay's times a great, game? But, like, Kenny Galladay isn't the reason Marvin Jones isn't getting any looks. Marvin Jones plays, like, almost every single snap for that team. And Stafford just doesn't throw him the ball. But in reality, this guy... Gets has gotten. I'm pretty sure he has multiple double digit touchdown seasons. He can catch the. He can elevate over just about anybody and get the ball. And he may be a little older, but like that's that's just another reason to trade him. Like if you're if you're thinking about the future, you don't need this older receiver that you're hardly throwing the ball to. Why don't you get like a fifth or sixth round pick for him? Uh, I think the Patriots would be wise to go out and get someone like Marvin Jones. He's a lot more reliable than the receivers Cam's currently throwing to. And with Cam's accuracy, like. It's not good. Why don't you just 
throw a ball up in the air and hope Marvin Jones gets it instead. Like, that's it's working better than throwing bullets to, like, guys underneath, like Edelman and whoever. And he'd become probably the Patriots' number one receiver right now because Julian Edelman probably, might not be coming think, back this season. I think Marvin Jones is better than Harry. Yeah, Harry's out with a concussion again, whatever injury he has this week. So I would love to see Marvin Jones on the Patriots, but I think Marvin Jones could go to other teams too. No, I completely agree with you, Jake. If from the Patriots, you go and grab someone on the offensive side of the ball. You look at their offense right now, and for this game against the Bills, right now they're top guys on the depth chart. Edelman's out. He had surgery. You got Jacoby Myers. You got Gunnar Olszewski, and you got Demir Bird. Tell me how that's going to work. We're not winning. You're playing the Buffalo Bills. I'll get into my pick in a second, but maybe I have the Patriots. Maybe I don't. What do you have? You'll find out in a couple of 10 minutes or so. But going back to this, if I'm the Patriots, you grab someone that has some great skill set on the offensive side of the ball. Marvin Jones is a guy that will the Patriots get? Probably not. I like I Kyle Rudolph. They, I feel like they'd have to get a lot to get him. Real, Marvin, isn't he like 30? Yeah, he but, is 30. Yeah, but now they're saying that Detroit's trying to make a run of the division. They need Kenny Galladay. No, and they're Marvin not. Jones. He's a free agent next year. He's a free agent. He's going to be gone after the season either way. Yep. You're telling me the, the Lions are trying to make a run at the division. What are they, 3-3? Three and three? I think so. They just won their second they're a couple games, two games back. Yeah but, yeah, but they're two games back to the Packers. If not now, then when? Once Aaron Rodgers retires. Yeah, but the thing is, Matthew Stafford. I think you go for a run at the division now if you're Detroit. Chicago's a team that's also playing good football right now, too. But yeah, what, what, are, you, what are the Lions but, thinking? But if you're Detroit, you feel like you're better than Chicago. Yeah, and I think they are. And they're better than Minnesota as five, well. The Packers are 5-1. and one, The Bears are 5-2. and two. The Packers could overtake the Bears, but I don't think either of them are going to make the playoffs. The Lions could if they, if they finish the season right. No, I think it's the way the Bears are going to play. I think it's going to be easy for the Lions. I think they're better than the Bears. I think if the Lions stay at that 500 level, they could best the Bears. But going I don't back, think it's going to be about the Bears. Going back to who the Patriots should get, I like David Njoku on the Browns, but you know who I like more than that is Kyle Rudolph. I've been a big Kyle Rudolph fan. I'm not just saying that Every because— Every fantasy team you've ever had. I'm not saying that because Christmas is coming around the corner. we got Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> but Kyle Rudolph's a guy I really like, and he's not like getting— Rudolph. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer? Yes. No, he doesn't Ray get— Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph the purple-nosed Viking. All right, yeah, enough's enough. <laughs> no, but honestly, you look at this Minnesota Vikings team, and you get Irv Smith Jr., and you get Kyle Rudolph, and Irv Smith Jr. is a guy that Detroit's, not Detroit, Minnesota's trying to make their primary tight end. Kyle Rudolph's not getting a lot of targets this year. I think if you go to New England, and you look at their tight end situation, it's one of the worst in the NFL, if not the worst. It is you, the worst. You have Ryan Izzo and Dalton Keene and Devin Asiati as your top three oh, tight ends. Do, yeah, exactly. Do those guys have ten catches between them this season? No, they probably really have five. Yeah, so we yeah anyone would work. Kyle Rudolph's a guy that he becomes your primary tight end. He's obviously getting a little older, but Cam Newton needs a guy. You look back at his teams in Carolina, Greg Olson worked pretty effectively in Carolina for much of the time that Cam Newton was a quarterback. Kyle Rudolph comes in here, and I guarantee you he gets at least somewhere between four to six targets on average every single game. The Patriots are— I don't know, just because of how little— Without Edelman? How little our offense works. Like, are we, I don't think we have that many throws to go to the tight end. Works. I think you can maybe, get Maybe. It's a maybe for me, but it's nothing to do with the skill of Kyle Rudolph. That contract is ridiculous. What is it? He's got three years left on his deal after this year. Oh, he's, he's making big money. He's making huge money. He's making bank. He signed a four-year, $36 million deal. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Do not, do not trade for Kyle Rudolph. He's a guy that's in trade talks right now, but will the Patriots want to spend no, that much money? they don't. That's a lot of money. Well, I'd, I'd give up a pick for him, not a first or second round pick. I'd give a seventh round pick. I'd give anywhere from a five to a seven to get him. Oh, my God. If I'm the Vikings, I'm calling you right now. The way that Belichick's drafted in these last couple of drafts, you look at this draft they're class not, right They're now. not doing anything with Kyle Rudolph. Why is he worth a fifth round pick? It's because he's been making so much money right now, and the Patriots are in need of someone. Would you want David Njoku on the team? Way before Kyle Rudolph. The thing is, he never panned out either. From the Patriots, you get a guy like Marvin Jones, you get someone like Kyle Rudolph, you need a playmaker on offense. 
Evan Ingram. Again, will the Giants trade Evan Ingram? Why not? I think they'll trade one of Ingram and Golden Tate. We'll see what happens. Another name to keep your eye out on. The rumors are swirling right now for Will Fuller, and I'm, I'm looking at this, and I can't Packers, believe it. Packers, right? I yeah. saw a rumor for Stills, too, though. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, because, you have Brandon Cooks. Because the Texans should be selling. They're terrible. They should be selling one of those receivers. They have too many. They have yeah, Kiki. Won't be Cooks. What's his name? He's not even playing. Kiki Cutie? Kiki QT. Yeah, he's not playing at all, but... You look at the Texans, they're another team that could unload receivers at the trade deadline, so it's going to be interesting. Will Will Fuller get traded? Will Brandon Cooks is not going to get traded? Will no. what's-his-name get traded? Kenny Stills? Stills? Stills probably will. Speaking of receivers getting traded, I think John Ross should be traded from the Bengals. He asked yeah, for he, one, didn't he? He did. I think he, they should honor and that. And he's not, he's not getting the ball. That T. Higgins is looking good. They got Higgins and Boyd, and A.J. Green decided to start playing again. Yep. So the, Ross really is just not... He doesn't have a space. No, he doesn't. I don't think he's a guy the Patriots would go for just because it just doesn't make sense in my head. Um, I guess they could. But Ross should find another home because yeah, he, he's so fast. Like, you just got to give him a chance somewhere. I know. At the 40-minute mark, guys, right here, what's your one thing that you think could happen at the trade deadline on I, Tuesday? Can I make a bold prediction? Go yeah. ahead. My bold prediction, let's see if this happens. I'm going to say Kenyon Drake gets traded. He's hurt, too. That's okay. Where do you think he goes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know I that know. Arizona is slowly but surely relying on Chase Edmonds a lot more. Um, this Sunday might do it for, for them as far as what, uh, you know. Oh, are they, uh, are they on a bye? They're on a bye. They're on a bye. Excuse me. Um, but I think the past couple weeks have sort of proven that Chase Edmonds is, is worthy. Um, there was it was a, a week or two ago that he got that like forty yard touchdown. Yeah, 40, yeah. Um, he left the gap. Yeah, yeah. He do, he does it all the time. No, that was Kenyon Drake. Yeah, but yeah. um, he but Edmonds got one too, and he does that a lot. He's a big playmaker, and I don't think there's a significant drop off between him and Drake, and and it may just be up to Kingsbury whether he wants to go with one guy or not. But I think Kenyon Drake could draw some value from other teams, and he seems to get moved. A lot and always be in the talks for for the trade deadline. I can see him getting moved this um this trade deadline. Colin, you got any things that you think will happen? I think the Lions will move on from on Johnson. That's a good one. Yeah, he's not even getting the ball. He's not Swift. Even Swift has completely taken over Swift, that backfield. Swift has taken over, and not only that, they're giving Peterson carries over on Johnson right now. Which Peterson's a bruiser. He's a bruiser, but that was supposed to be on Johnson. He's a younger version of Peterson. They're gonna give it to the older. There's no back. such thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, <laughs> what Peterson is right now, on Johnson is at 22 years old. Fair. And, yeah, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying that on Johnson is going to be Adrian Peterson. There's no way. on Johnson is going to get traded. Carrion Johnson is going to be on the couch soon. He's going to be on the couch getting traded until he gets for like a fourth, fifth round pick somewhere. I, I, I don't even know what, where he would movie. go. I guarantee you one contender would find some value in on Johnson. The or, Chiefs. No. All right. Maybe someone like find a little the bit Ravens. of that. Whatever it is, but I I think the Lions are eager to move off him, and I think they do. Okay. The, the thing for me that I think happens depends on this Patriots game against the Bills on Sunday. If the Patriots lose this game, I think they stand pat at the trade deadline. If they win, they go to three and four. You get the Jets looming. You have a big chance to go to four and four. I think the Patriots make a move for an offensive player. I'm not going to say who, but I think if the Patriots win this game on Sunday, they make a move. If not, they're going to stand pat and just hopefully ride it out with this team. And speaking of the Patriots, just got an alert from Adam Schefter that Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry, obviously both of them ruled out against Buffalo. <coughs> so that makes Jacoby Myers your number one wide receiver against the Bills. Are they going to win? We're going to find out in a couple of minutes oh, because Michael it's Thomas time. Is out too. Again? Yep. Nice. Not good for Jake's fantasy team. I'm screwed. <laughs> um, do you think any quarterback gets traded? 
Maybe like a backup. I don't think you're going to see like a number one quarterback on the move. And the only one that I could see is Haskins, and I don't think they do it. Do it at the. Deadline. I don't think. He How about it. Haskins to the Patriots? I don't think it. Happens. How about Josh Rosen getting traded? No way. What is he a practice squad in Tampa still? Yes. Yeah, he's. I don't think any starting quarterbacks will get traded on Tuesday. Okay. Or on Monday. Okay. But we're gonna move on. It's time for Week Eight NFL picks. We're gonna close the show with this and some fantasy football questions, as always. Thanks for sticking with us today. I'm Justin Miller alongside Jake Platter. UMass hat is looking nice, Jake. Thanks. And we got Connor Howell. Guys, so we had one game already, the Atlanta-Carolina game last night. Unfortunately for Jake, he picked that Carolina would win that game. Me they and Connor, won too. If Teddy Bridgewater didn't get hurt. Me and Connor said Atlanta would win that game, and we were right. So going into the rest of these games, week eight, I am back on top of the standings at 71-35. and 35. Jake is one game behind me at 70-36. and 36. And Connor making his way up. He's now 58-48. and 48. The good news is— If you want to call that up, then— hey. It's only up from here. The good news is you're only 12 games behind Jake and you're 13 games behind me. So yeah, if you win you every game this week. have a season to do it. So You never know. So, so whatever you have, I'm picking the opposite. Okay. No. Actually? No. Next week, though, we're in for a shot. Next week, pick. Connor will be flipping a coin for every pick he makes besides the Jets. If we get one comment saying yes, then I will flip the coin on air. Comment yes if you want to see Connor flip the coin on camera to make his picks. Yes, anybody? I just need a comment. All right, we're good to go. Let's get these picks rolling. One o'clock games. We're going to start off with the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And you guys might think I'm crazy. I said this was my upset of the week before I knew about Julian Edelman, before I knew about Nikhil Harry, but I think the Patriots can pull this one out. I think it's going to be a close game, even without Julian Edelman, even without Nikhil Harry. The reason why is, have you watched Buffalo play lately? Yeah. yeah. Had I watched they, them last week. They have not looked that good. They hit have they won? Goals. They've winning games, but they've oh, lost the, the last, Patriots haven't. They've lost the last two games. No, they beat the Jets last week. Before the Jets, they lost the last two games. I know that. The Jets are a team that everyone's not gonna they're gonna look at the schedule and be like, oh my god, I'm playing the Jets. Wasn't it's one of those games win. against the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean the Chiefs are a good team, but they haven't looked good in their last couple of games. I think the Patriots are gonna sneak this one out somehow, some way. Who else was it? The Titans or something? Yeah, they played good teams. They lost to the Chiefs and the Titans, who are both playoff teams for sure. The Titans maybe. I see Super where it doesn't come from, though. He's not wrong. It's not like they played well in those games and lost. No, and they, they didn't play well awful. against the Jets either, but they still won. Right. Either way, it's my upset of the week. I think the Patriots win this game by one possession. Cam Newton somehow, some way finds a way to win. The Patriots get back in the win column, and they're going to go to three and four with the Jets coming up next week, and they're going to be thinking, guess what? We can get back to five hundred. My not so bold prediction of the week is that the Bills are going to win that game. Um, and that, that that game is the difference, and I pass you in the standings. We'll yeah, see. yeah, I said the Bills this week too. Two Bills, one Patriot. That's my upset of the week. Love On, the Patriots. Would love to see them win. Bills are gonna win. Up next, Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a game that might be a little closer than you guys. I don't even know who you predict in this game. I think you could go either way. I went with the Tennessee Titans for the pure fact that I do not see the Cincinnati Bengals defense stopping the run. I do not see them stopping Derrick Henry. No way. I think the Titans offense is a little too talented, and I have the Tennessee Titans winning this game against the Bengals. You know who looks real good? Who, Tannehill? A.J. Brown. Yeah, and how Cincinnati Since he's back from injury, A.J. Brown has looked real good. And you're right, Derrick Henry is an unstoppable force that the, the Bengals have no chance at. I got the Titans. I got the, tit- I got the Titans too, but I think it's going to be a shootout game. I think Burrow's going to play well. No, I say the Titans win game. by at least a score. 1 o'clock, we also got Las Vegas going up against the Cleveland Browns, who are without Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of the season. Fortunately for him, he can be healthy by the time next year rolls around, but you don't know with the way he's been playing lately. He hasn't been that consistent since he's been in Cleveland. No, I think they need to ship him out of there. I still, not while he's injured. They can't. They probably could, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
I think Cleveland wins this game. It's going to be closer than many people think. I think Baker Mayfield is going to have another good performance. I don't like this defense for Las Vegas lately. I don't think they've been playing that good. I think Cleveland wins a one-possession game this week. I got the Raiders here. Really? I do. Yeah, really. Well, no. Wow. I wasn't kidding. Um, I have the Raiders here. I think the Raiders are, especially with Odell Hurt, just as talented offensively as, as the Browns. Um, and... I I just think he's he's a good guy for this. Um, I'm good guy for this. I think the Raiders win for sure. Um, I think Waller is is gonna be a force for the Browns to try and stop. I don't know if they can stop Jacobs. Um, Carr has been playing it's a talented pretty well. offense. Yeah, and uh, is Rugs back yet? He's I think he was questionable. Going into he's the questionable. Aguilar has been looking good. Um, the Browns. I know Odell's not having the best year, but he may be tough to. It may be tough, tough to contain. The field. The I, don't think, I don't think they're just going to hit Jarvis all the time. All right, I need to gain a point in the standings with that one. This is actually my upset pay of the week. I got the Raiders this week. Wow. I think the Browns, although Baker played well without Odell last week and they don't have Odell this week, I just don't think the Browns are in the right mental space to win this game. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think the Raiders are going to bring their offense, and I think they're going to be heavy loaded. And I think they're going to pull it out. I don't think the Browns are going to have it in this week. I think it'll be close. Don't get me wrong. It should be a close game. But I think the Raiders will win. Up next, we get the Battle of the Blue. The Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. This is another game I can see coming down to the wire. You got Phillip Rivers, who hasn't played his best football this season. You got Matthew Stafford, who hasn't played his best football this season. Detroit's at home. I think they're in need of a win. They could go over 500 with a win here. And I think it's going to be a close game. But I think Matthew Stafford has a good week. And I can see Kenny Galladay easily going over 100 yards in this game. Detroit's going to win a close one. I think it's definitely possible, and I understand the pick, but I got the Colts in this one. Um, I think the the you're right. The Lions' offense is capable of outscoring the Colts' offense, but that Colts' defense is is going to be a problem. And, it's good defense, and Galladay could go off. I don't think it's very likely. The Colts' defense is playing very well. Um, I think the Colts take this one on the road. Yeah, I got the Colts too. I. I'm not a big fan of the Lions. I'm not a big fan of the Colts. I'm shocked. I'm not a big fan of either team right now. I'm shocked that the Lions won last week against Atlanta. No, you're not. I am. I am shocked. I thought Atlanta would win that game. I thought Atlanta would win when they had the ball on the five-yard line and the clock to their advantage. I might go undefeated this week. Well, I'm picking the Colts. Up next, we got the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. It's a divisional clash. Green Bay did not play good against Tampa Bay. They bounced back. Green Bay, I'd be surprised if they lost this game. The Vikings are good. Dalvin Cook, I heard, is playing this he week. He is playing. Dalvin Cook's playing. I don't think it's really going to make a difference either way. This offense for Green Bay is just too talented. I think Aaron Rodgers has a big week. Aaron Jones is not playing for the Packers. I don't think it's going to matter. I think Green Bay can win this game by double digits. My lock of the week, Green Bay. Um, I think it's, it's just a matter of... Green Bay's offense is not going to be stopped by Minnesota's defense. Yeah, and, no way. And you're, you're right, Dalvin Cook is playing. Um, he will be getting the ball early and often, but I don't think it'll be enough for, for them to overcome Green Bay. Connor Howe. Look for a big game out of Devontae Adams. Yeah, I got the Vikings game. this week. Um, Whoa. Aaron Jones not playing is a huge thing for me. And as Aaron Rodgers gets older, I'm becoming less of a fan. And I just don't think what that... I just don't think he has it in this year. And I think You're only getting... Oh, that's one direction. All right, keep going. They're one in five, the Vikings. I think, I think they're going to be a hungry team, and they're going to play hungry, and I think the <laughs> Packers 
are going to this game thinking, oh, yeah, we're just going to roll over them. And then when it's actually going to get close, the Vikings are going to win this game. Justin Jefferson's going to go off, too. Up next, we get the Jets and the Chiefs. If any of you skip pick the it, Jets, just skip the game. I'm going to leave this house right now just immediately. Skip the game. We all got the Chiefs. We got the Chiefs. They're 19 point favorites. Will they cover? I think the answer is yes. 19 point favorites? That's a huge. They will cover. I will say the Jets do not even score 10. They're going to cover. Yeah, My bold prediction is that P. Ryan gets a touchdown this week. Wow. That's not very bold. It'll be a touchdown back-to-back weeks. Will Sam Darnold get a touchdown this week? I'm going to say Kelsey gets in twice. He might get in four times. <laughs> P. Ryan's going to get in. He probably could if he wanted to. Kelsey gets in twice. P. Ryan's the back of the future. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Up next, this is actually... Who's future? I kept going back and forth on this game. The L.A. Rams and the Miami Dolphins. The L.A. Rams are coming off a pretty good performance on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. The Miami Dolphins are coming off a bye. And a lot of teams, when teams come off byes, sometimes the Dolphins are well-rested. Are they well-rested? The answer is yes. Are they going to win this game? And my answer is no. I think the Rams win this game by one touchdown. I think the Rams win this game by a hefty margin. I'm going to actually make a bold prediction and say the Rams win by at least 14. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things going on here. First, in my head, it's like, yeah, the Dolphins have been kind of good. But that was with Fitzpatrick. Tua... I don't know. Oh, yeah, two is starting Tua, this game yeah, in Miami. Tua, I don't know. And the Rams are are just a lot better than them. The Rams have also been very, 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 very good on the road traveling from the West Coast to the East, which is not something you typically see, but they have been able to do it this year. And I think the Rams are just going to abuse a young quarterback um, and, and just really take care of business early and often with them. I'm going to go bold and say Tua gets his first win against the LA no Rams. No way. And the Miami Dolphins are going to win this football You want to bet on it? <sighs> no. Yeah. No. Uh, we can bet on a different game. But All right. Oh, you know what? Last time we did some bets on the show, it worked out pretty good for me. It did. Yeah. Well, that's it, why I'm going to bet him. So I like that Venmo coming wanna, in about Tuesday morning. Well, I'm going to hold off because Monday night. I'm, I'm, not, immediately. I'm not confident enough to bet on it, but I do think that the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think Miles Gaskin is going to be huge for Tua and his, no first, and his first start. And I think Tua... Having a bye week to work through this is going to be huge for him. I know the Rams are coming off a very emotional win against the Browns on a standalone game. I don't think they're going to get ready for this. I think they're going to have to travel to Miami. And I think Miami, well, I know Miami's got people in the stands, and I think they're going to win this football game. Last 1 o'clock game of the week, probably the best game of the week, our game of the week. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Pittsburgh's the only undefeated team left in the NFL, but I think that changes this week. This Baltimore offense is well-rested. you got Lamar Jackson. He doesn't do that well against Pittsburgh in the games he's played so far in his career, but I think Baltimore wins this game. I would be surprised if it's a blowout on either end. I think Baltimore is going to have a good week on offense. I think their running game gets going. I know Pittsburgh's defense is tough. Baltimore's defense is not that bad either. Watch out. <coughs> I think Lamar Jackson is the main reason why. I think he's going to have his best week of the season, and I think Baltimore wins this game. This is going to be a great game, though. My upset pick of the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking down the Baltimore Ravens. This is a... a Huge rivalry, and I think you're going to see it. I think you're right. It's going to be a close game. It has to be close. But I'm not, take, I'm not betting against an undefeated team right now. They're the only undefeated team in the league, and they, they've earned it. They've played some good teams. They've won some tough games, and they're, click, they're firing on all cylinders. And I think that defense is probably the best in football right now. It has to be. Lamar Jackson has not been playing like an MVP. Um, I, think, I think the Big Ben and the vet experience there is, is going to show up and, and take down the Ravens. I agree, and that's why I think the Steelers are going to beat the Ravens. 
Um, I think both defenses are really good, and they played really well up to the season, so it's going to come down to quarterback play, and I just don't trust Lamar Jackson yet. I thought he was going to take another step forward this year. He has yet to take it. I still like him as a good player. I just He hasn't shown it. He, he really hasn't shown it right now that he's taking that next step to be a great quarterback in this league. So I'm going to say the Steelers are going to stay undefeated this week. Up right. uh, next, we got five games remaining. you got L.A., the Chargers are playing the Denver Broncos in Denver. I think this is another game. A lot of these games this week, I think, are going to be very close. This is a Denver team that's not playing the best football. We obviously know that their starting quarterback, Drew Locke, was out for a little while. Trash. But I think, I think Drew Locke is going to have a better week than he did last week. And I think Denver's going to win this in a close game. Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. Connor is looking to make like I'm crazy with this pick. So am I. I think Denver wins this game. And my bold prediction for the week is Noah Fant has two touchdowns. This is going to be a really rough week for you. And, two touchdowns. And I'm going to smoke you in the standings. You think so? We'll I got the Chargers here. Yeah, well, we got like at least six games different so far. I think Cleveland is I got good. the Chargers. Who do you got? Yeah, I got the Chargers too. I don't know why you would pick Denver. Drew Locke hasn't looked great at all. Justin Herbert has looked nothing but spectacular. Ten bucks each of you on this game. Let's do it. Okay. Again? We'll yeah. do it again. You guys want to lose Chargers. Them? We'll do it again. Denver. Chargers. Denver. Chargers. Chargers. Anybody else? Nope. Chargers. Yes. Chargers. 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 All right, so actually I'll be in Georgia, but that Venmo should be arriving to me sometime in Georgia. The time difference is the same, so you can just uh-huh. get the time. Forever. The time. The time zone. You have a There's good no joke, but you better not say jet lag for the delaying time The time difference is the same. I will probably be on my way back. I don't want the jet lag Venmo. I want the Venmo when you're on the plane. I'm actually I driving. want the Venmo. It at won't half-time. be coming on the plane because I'm driving. I want, <laughs> I want the Venmo at halftime. Why? When it's 21 to You better pull over on the interstate. I want the Venmo when Melvin Gordon's crashing into the end zone, going right into Joey. <laughs> the only thing he's crashing is his car when he gets on the DUI. Oh, yeah, he has a DUI. That was pretty funny. We have another game? Yeah, next up, we got <laughs> the Saints are playing the Chicago Bears this week. This is my lock of the week. Watching Chicago last week and thinking that they're three games over 500, they were four games 500 going to this game. My head was spinning. I was going crazy. I thought I had like five different headaches going on at once in different directions. Yeah, but New Orleans, they're my lock of the week. I think they're going to win this game by double digits, and I'd be surprised if Jake and Connor don't have New Orleans in this game as well. I really thought about changing my pick to the Bears when I heard Michael Thomas was not playing. What are you doing? I didn't because Allen Robinson has a concussion. So I will take the Saints in this game. Me too. I'm taking the Saints. Up next, San Francisco, Seattle. It's a good game. San Francisco flat out embarrassed the Patriots last week. It doesn't sound like their running back situation is getting any better. Hasty is going to be the starting running back for San Francisco. Let's we'll go, Hasty. We'll get to Hasty in a couple minutes here when we finish the show. But I get Seattle winning this game at home. I think they're coming off a loss, a very tough game against Arizona, a game that went to overtime. And I'd be surprised if Russell Wilson loses back to back games. Seattle needed to lose last week because now they have. What, woke- for my Venmo to go through? Yeah. So they have woken up. I don't think they're going to play with their food anymore. And who cares if the 49ers beat up on the Patriots last week? The Patriots suck. The 49ers are not that good. I think Seattle paces them, just just sends them home crying. And the, the defense can't stop Seattle's offense. Seattle's defense is horrible, but Jimmy Garoppolo is horrible. He'll probably throw a pick or two. It could happen. Um, you know, bold prediction. Jimmy throws two picks. Jeez. Um, they're going to be forced to throw more with Hasty and Nasty and Masty and Masty in the back. Uh, yeah, they, who knows who they have back there? Speaking of uh, Hasty, Masty, and Tasty and Nasty, Mike Craddy's tuning into the show right now, saying, "How do you guys feel about Tevin Coleman if he plays?" Well, they love feel- to, they love to run a committee. I hate to tell you, Mike, I don't have any feeling because I'm going to list him as 99% doubtful for this game. I don't think Tevin Coleman's even close to coming back yet. It's a good question, Mike, but I think Hasty is the guy that you want to watch 
on Sunday. DK Metcalf will have a good week. I agree, Greg. I think I think Metcalf took a week off, and it's his turn. I think that the Cardinals knew they needed to shut down Metcalf, so Tyler Lockett got all that work. Now it's Metcalf's turn because Richard Sherman can't cover him. Murdered me. Murdered me in fantasy. Oh, yeah, Connor, you got Seattle in this game too? I have Seattle in this game, but you talk about Tyler Lockett. I just need to get some frustration. Three touchdowns. I was up 35 points going into that game. All I had was Tyler Lockett, and I lost. But that's for another day. I got the Seahawks. Penn just went flying from the ceiling, but... Up next, we got Dallas, we got Philly. This is a game that's on Sunday Night Football. Andy Dalton's actually listed as doubtful for this game, so... Oh, boy. What's that? That, I don't even that know was the, the difference maker for me. I don't even know the guy's name that's starting. You remember? Danucci. Yeah, Danucci. Yeah, Danucci. Yeah, so it's going to be Danucci against Wentz, and I think the Eagles win this game easily. Eagles kill him. Easily. Easily. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. For only time all season, I'm going to say Eagles kill him. Last game of the I week. Think it might be close. <laughs> no. <laughs> if they get by no. Monday Night Football, we got Tom Brady facing... The New York Giants, who beat them twice in the Super Bowl, and I think Tampa Bay wins this game. I'd be surprised if the Giants win this game, whether their starting quarterback was Eli, Daniel Jones, Charlie Whitehurst. It's Daniel Jones against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's looking like his 32-year-old self right now, and I think Tampa Bay wins this game pretty easily. Yeah, I got the Bucs. Yeah, the Bucs are winning this game, and to, to speak on Scotty Miller, I think, was one of our questions. I think Scotty Miller is a guarantee to play, and I think when he does play, he is going to get a lot of looks. No Godwin, no Antonio Brown yet. I think Scotty Miller has built a rapport with Tom Brady, and I think you're going to see multiple shots down the field. You're going to see Scotty Miller getting the ball underneath, filling in for that slot role for Godwin. I think Godwin, uh, uh, Scotty Miller is a great week. I think he could if he plays. He's, he's playing. He was limited. At Tampa Thursday. Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. They need him to play, so he's playing. I guess and they don't care if he gets hurt because they have Antonio Brown. Dang. What do you say? Will Scotty Miller Dang. play this week? Yeah, Scotty Miller is 100% playing this week unless he gets into some kind of accident in these next couple of days. You like that? Well, guarantee he's playing. Well, he, you can guarantee. I'm saying he's playing. I am talk to him. He's playing. And Greg, without Godwin, who will be targeted? Scotty Miller. Um, give me some Mike Evans. Rob Gronkowski. And Antonio Brown's obviously not back yet. But basically, Ronald Jones catches the ball more. Tom Brady's going to be spreading the ball a lot this week. So thank you, Greg Blanchard's birthday bash, for the question. We really appreciate it. Up next, our last Happy two belated. questions. Yeah. Happy birthday. Our last two questions of the week were Matt Gruber, all the way from New Jersey. My cousin asked me a question, which I kind of shook my head at and said, no way in hell. But will Carson Wentz be a top 10 quarterback for the rest of the season? And Matt, if you're listening, my answer is no with about 25 exclamation marks. I will add on to that 25 exclamation marks by saying, you, sir, are a homer. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would, Travis homer? I would drop him. He's not even no, worth- drop him after he plays Dallas. He's not even worth having. Yeah, he might have a good game against Dallas. I don't know if they play him again this year, but he's not even worth the roster spot. I forget. And our last question well, of the week is well, sponsored by Mike He might Travis. be worth the roster spot. Burrow's better. But he might, Burrow might not be available. Mike, oh, he didn't ask a question. He said, "Got Jones, Drake, and Ridley hurt." I'm sorry, Mike. Hopefully, you're no. He asked, can... "How do you feel about Tevin Coleman?" Oh he, yeah, he's asking because he he might need Tevin Coleman because well, Kenyon Drake's on a bye. I don't care if he's hurt. Um, Ridley yeah, already but, played. I don't. Yeah, but Drake's gonna what, be hurt. What's for he talking? Ridley already played. What do you? I don't care. Those that's two guys. We'll have to have a group meeting with you, Mike, after the show. <laughs> tied fifth QB in fantasy. I don't care. That's, I don't care. Carson, you're telling me Carson Wentz is going to finish ahead of Kyler Murray? You're telling me he's going to finish ahead of Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes? You're telling me he's going to finish ahead of Josh Allen? No way. We got Aaron one Rogers, more question Aaron coming Rogers, in. No way. Our last question of the week just came in over text all the way from Quincy, Massachusetts. Adam Feinberg asking a question. Who should you start this week? Should you start Hasty, the running back from San Francisco, or do you start Le'Veon Bell? Who wants to start off? 
Go ahead. I'm going to say you should start Hasty, given the fact that Tevin Coleman is most likely not going to play and those other two backs aren't playing. I myself knew that. I picked up Hasty as well. So, Feinberg, you're in good hands. I'm telling you, Hasty's going to be the right play here. He's going to get you 10 points. That's a guarantee. And if he gets you in the end zone, you're going to win. He probably will get in the end zone. Um, I'm also going to go with Hasty. I think it's closer than you think, um, especially because the Chiefs are playing the Jets, and you're probably going to see a lot of get, let's get Le'Veon <laughs> comfortable against the Jets. God. You know, actually... I am taking back my hasty pick. Thank you. It's because, a revenge game. Because I forgot it's that Le'Veon Bell game. was on the Jets. Le'Veon Bell is going to destroy the Jets. He's going to make sure he gets the ball a lot. And he's going to... He's going to it's, the, the Chiefs are going to murder them, so they don't care how they're going to do it. They're going to give Le'Veon the ball, and Le'Veon is going to take a big dump on the, the Jets' chest. You can't see it right now uh, via podcast, but I'm hitting myself in the face for Le'Veon playing the Jets. You got a couple marks. Yeah. So you, you take your pick back? No, I'm still going hasty, but uh, that's for Gase and the whole Jets. All right, listen, this, fun is, fact, this is close. Fun though. fact, Le'Veon only talked to teams that were playing the Jets this season. Jake, I completely agree with you. This is a lot closer than you think. Hasty's the starting running back. Le'Veon Bell is the backup running back. you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire leading the backfield. Le'Veon wants to hurt them. The key thing is, I'm picking Le'Veon Bell. It starts with an R. It ends with a game. It's a revenge game. The Jets are going to be losing. Ends with a game? The Jets are going to be losing by so much in this game. By halftime, it's going to be out of reach. Le'Veon Bell could play the whole second half. Le'Veon Bell could play quarterback. I'm telling you right now, Le'Veon Bell is going to get into the end zone this week. He's going to help my fantasy team twice. win this week. The thing is, Hasty, like you said, he's going to probably get 10 points. The Seattle Seahawks run defense isn't the greatest. Hasty's going to have a I good think, week. I think the 49ers are going to need to throw the ball. Yeah, they definitely will. Hasty's going to have a good week. Bell's going to have a good week. I'm going to have to go with Le'Veon Bell, a slight edge. I think it's a big revenge game for him. But either way, Adam, it's a great question by you Go coming from Quincy. For revenge. Adam, we'll see you later. Greg, we'll see you later. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Unfortunately, I won't be here next week. I'll be all the way it's down in Georgia. Down. So, Jake Platter, you'll be back. Connor, you'll be back. Thanks for listening once again. I'm Justin Miller. This is Jake Platter. This is Connor Howe. Jamie, Bridget, thank you for being great audience if down here on the couch. If you want to be a guest on our show, you text one of the three of us, and we will consider whether you're worthy or not. If you got our number. If not, you're going to have to go through our DMs somehow. So. Yeah. Depends if you got our number or not. We, we have some candidates open, so I mean, we do. Have to we shine. have, and we have open time slots as well. Really? When? We're depends, very limited. Depends on who you are. All right, but either way, we'll see you next week. I'll be in Georgia, so Jake and Connor, good luck to you. Week ten, all the balls coming at you next week. Justin Miller, Jake Platter, Connor Hall. Thanks for listening. See you next week.